0: This is Ingredient Insiders. I'm John Magazzino.
1: And I'm Andrea Parkins.
0: On each episode of Ingredient Insiders, we'll be talking to noted chefs and authors about their favorite ingredients.
1: We'll also be speaking to the producers of those ingredients about what makes them so special.
0: Today, we are going to be talking about possibly the most popular pizza topping, certainly in America.
1: I don't think possibly. I think it is the most popular pizza topping in America.
0: If you eat meat... You must have had a slice of pepperoni pizza in your life.
1: A slice. I think you probably have had many slices. So
0: we're talking about pepperoni.
1: We keep saying
0: like things are having a moment. I will tell you that this craze for cupping pepperoni started, what are we going to say, three years ago? I think it's a lot to do with Instagram. There's a couple of restaurants. The one that always pops into my mind is Prince Street Pizza in New York City in Greenwich Village that does this square Sicilian style pizza and they put loads of cupping pepperoni on it. And if you don't know what cupping pepperoni, yeah, and you tell everybody what cupping pepperoni is.
1: Typically when you get a slice of pepperoni, you have flat slices, you know, on top. The cupping pepperoni, as it cooks, it actually, the ends curl up and they form little cups on top of each slice.
0: And it just looks really good. And it yeah. gets a little like crispy crunchy too, which is a nice thing. Yeah. On a, you know, a hot slice of pizza. You know who else is using cupping pepperoni? I saw this just the other day is Raza, our friend Dan. Oh, our friend Dan Richer. Yeah. So at Raza Pizza in Jersey City, he's using cupping pepperoni on one of his pies.
1: He was also on the podcast talking all about tomatoes. So on this episode,
0: we'll be talking with Anthony Falco, a.k.a. the Millennium Falco. He's got one of the best jobs on the planet. You talk about us having a great job. He is a global pizza consultant. He travels around the world showing would be pizza makers and restaurateurs how to perfect their pizza recipes so they can open up successful restaurants.
2: It's a very American thing. Pepperoni. Like if you go to Italy and you ask for pepperoni on your pizza, you're going to get a pepper, a bell pepper. Yeah, Yeah. exactly. Pepperoni is a pepper.
1: I will also be speaking with Darren Izzo from Izzo sausage company. He is the pepperoni king of Ohio.
3: In 1978, we started making fresh sausage here for a little grocery store chain called Kroger, selling that to some pizzerias as well. In the early 80s, Domino's approached us to make a dried sausage.
0: I wonder if he knows Abe Froman, the sausage king of Chicago. Abe Froman? You know Abe Froman from Ferris Bueller's Day Off
1: Bueller? Bueller? Bueller?
0: This episode is in partnership with The Chef's Warehouse and produced by HeyNow Media The Millennium Falco is here Anthony Falco, pizza consultant Do you know what that even means, Andrea?
1: I have an idea just from following him on Instagram, but I want to hear more of these stories from the pizza czar himself.
0: Well, before he even starts talking. Yeah, and and I'm glad you mentioned that too because he's got an incredible book out called The Pizza Czar. I'm going to take you back about four years ago. I happened to be in Tokyo, Japan on a work trip. I'm actually visiting Wagyu beef producers and- The snow-aged Wagyu. Exactly, and rice makers. And I get a text message from Anthony saying, hey, saw your Instagram. I saw that you're in Tokyo. I'm going to be there tomorrow. Let's meet up. And I'm like, what are you doing? And like, oh my God, like it's the like other side the of odds, the world. where are the odds, yeah. And he said, I'm coming to Tokyo to show one of my clients the best pizza on the planet. And I was like, what are you talking about? Why do not you go to Italy? And he said, no, no, no. Tokyo has some of the best pizza in the world. And my mind... It just blew up right then and there.
1: Did you guys meet up? Yeah, we met. Yeah, up. I,
2: as soon as I... Uh, hi, nice to see you guys. <laughs> yeah, um, welcome. Thank you. As soon as I um had checked in and, and got settled, I came and met you and we karaoke right? We did. We did karaoke. Yeah. And I'm going to tell you
0: right now, and I don't regret this, but I told Anthony... I said, you know what? This is the first time I've ever been to Japan. I'm not eating pizza here.
2: I don't care how good it is. I think it's insane that I went to Japan and ate pizza every day for like seven days in a row. It was kind of like torture. But honestly. I remember
0: you saying how good it was. It was I fantastic. You went to
2: Savoy. Yes. Savoy. I went to, uh, Sirinkan, PST. I went to Monk in Kyoto, Il Papalardo in Kyoto, which was a real standout.
0: Multiple world-class pizza places in Japan. People do not realize this. Whenever you tell someone that Japan has amazing pizza,
2: it's kind of mind shattering. It shouldn't be too mind shattering because, I mean, I haven't spent too much time in Japan, but don't they have just world-class everything?
1: What are the differentiators? What makes it so great? Or is it just that they're, again, like Italy using amazing ingredients?
2: That's great that you ask. And I would like to say too, that I do have a, there's a chapter in Pizza Czar where I cover Tokyo style pizza and I give some pointers on how you can make Tokyo style pizza at home. Tokyo and Japan, just like any other country in the world has, you know, the two main international styles of pizza well represented. That would be American commercial style pizza, your, you know, Papa John's and Pizza Hut's and, you know, all those places, like the chains. Domino's, mm-hmm. you know, they have all the chains, those are all over the world. And then the Italians are also all over the world, literally Italians in every country. And they're managing the international food system of Italy, which is providing the world with flour, burrata, like tomatoes. They're everywhere. They're just like the Americans, but they have their own kind of way of doing things. So there's plenty of Neapolitan-style pizza in Japan, and there's plenty of chain pizza, but there is something that's unique called Tokyo-style pizza. The Tokyo-style pizza starts with Susumu Kakanuma. Who is that? He's a man, and he is a jazz musician, and he's a traveler, and he is a pizza maker, and he he opened Sirencon mythological in the pizza world now, right? This is like legend stuff. The story is that he's in Italy. He's backpacking. He's a young man. He's blown away by the pizza. He's just, he's going from pizza place to pizza place, eating it and just loving it. And he wants to like kind of have someone teach him how to make it or do an internship. And there wasn't like this cottage industry of like teaching people how to make pizza. So there was no
0: Anthony Falco to... (laughs) Consulted
2: <laughs> with, yeah, sure. I mean, there may be, but he he wasn't able to interface with that person. They didn't take him seriously for whatever reason. All he did was eat. So all he took back was a memory, a food memory. He goes back to Tokyo. He's like, this is now my thing. Is like, I'm gonna figure out pizza, and so he has an oven built, his own wood-fired oven built by a Japanese craftsman, starts to play around with it, and he kind of takes a couple things that he adds that are his idiosyncrasies that create Tokyo-style pizza. And this is what makes every style of pizza come about. You know, in this particular case, there's a few things that, and that was my job when I saw you. My job was literally to go, there was my, my client from Kuwait, and to kind of dissect what it is made Tokyo-style pizza so special and to how would it be possible to recreate it.
1: I'm hanging out with bated breath. Like, I want to know what what is <laughs> yeah. it.
2: So a couple of things. One of them is what he calls is the salt punch. And the salt punch is that he will throw a handful of salt into the oven before he slides the pizza in. But he also puts salt on top of the whole pizza before it goes in. So the salt embeds into the edge of the crust, almost kind of like a pretzel-like thing.
1: Before every pie, he's... Doing
2: that, yeah. I, I,
0: as you were saying that, I was thinking about sumo wrestlers when they <laughs> when they throw the salt into the <laughs> ring
2: before the match. Yeah, sorry, I, I'm digressing. Well, it's, I mean, apparently it's a thing that's done also in Naples. I mean, I remember I was cooking pizza at the San Gennaro Fest, and this like old dude in a tracksuit came up and didn't speak any english simply communicating and he's like i make pizza i want to make pizza and he came in and he was like where's the salt and he was doing that and because the idea is that you can run the oven really hot you put a little salt on the oven and it kind of prevents the bottom from burning for Mm. any
0: of you home pizza makers (laughs) by the way if you are going to do the salt punch it is essential that you do put on a track suit. (laughs) And and it should be, should it be
2: Adidas or something? else? fila or Adidas? I
0: think think it's 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 Adidas.
2: Or Diodora maybe. Or Mm -hmm. a good one, too. So the the salt punch. And then there's the way that he stretches out the pizza. So like in Naples, they do this thing where they lift one side and then slap the other side down. You know, in America, famously, we throw the pizza in the air. There's people who hang it over the edge. What he would do is pick up the dough and then, kind of pinch it with the two thumbs back and forth, kind of pinching the edge, pinching all around the edge to open it, stretch and pinch, stretch and pinch. And it kind of creates this dimpled, like starfish kind of like Mm -hmm. pattern around the outside edge, you know, instead of a perfect ring, like a rounded ring. And so these edges, they kind of get a little more char. And then there's these dips where the oil and the salt go into and then the toppings itself and the pizza menu itself is another thing. It's really usually just a margarita, marinara, and like maybe a white pie. So it's very simple. And then. This is a word that I use to teach people to make pizza because I really like it as well. Like in the Japanese aesthetics of wabi-sabi, there's one of them is called fukensai. And it's symbolized by the enzo. I don't know if you've ever seen that. It's like the Zen circle where Mm -hmm. it's like a a brush stroke of a circle that's not closed. It's not finished. It's imperfect. It represents the beauty and imperfection that you will find in the world, in the natural world. He kind of just scatter shots the mozzarella and the tomato and it's not five perfect pieces of mozzarella and like five pieces of basil all in a it's it's scattershot and kind of random and then the last thing just a like a ton of oil just so much olive oil he opens Khan, which is the Japanese translation is Holy Wood. And it's kind of a like double entendre, Holy Wood, Hollywood, because he's like really into like like American and British rock and roll culture and like the Beatles. And so he has all this like memorabilia. And then he has a drum kit that he uses to put his pizza peel on the hi hat. Wow. I mean, because he's a drummer. That's like his big passion life. And then he has a series of apprentices that come and work for him. And then end up starting their own place. One of the people ended up starting Savoy. They come from this tree of master to apprentice. And then the guy in Kyoto, Il Papalardo, studied under PST, Tamaki also as well. That's kind of how any style really starts, you know? So he's the godfather of
0: of all these great places. One thing that we're talking
2: about today and the ingredient today is pepperoni.
1: Do they put pepperoni in Tokyo on their pizza?
2: I only ate it Neapolitan and Tokyo style, so no. It's a very American thing, pepperoni. Like, if you go to Italy and you ask for pepperoni on your pizza, you're going to get... A pepper. A bell pepper, yeah. Yeah, exactly. pepperoni is a pepper.
1: Pepperoni, you know, was created in 1919 in New York in the Lower East Side. Italian butchers and pizzerias, typically like beef and pork mixture. The original recipe was made with bell peppers. Now it's typically paprika, chili powder, and some other spices. Is it something that you love on pizza? I mean, me personally, I love pepperoni pizza. And now all of a sudden, in the last few years, there's different styles of pepperoni. There's the cupping, there's the char. What do you think of pepperoni?
2: My cookbook I have for my pepperoni pizza, I think pepperoni pizza is fine. I think it's good. It's a good thing to eat but I really think that the way you make a pepperoni pizza turn into a great dish is you have to add pickled jalapenos mm. oh. and because the acid and the extra heat and the crunch texture of like well Pickled chilies, which the recipe for the pickled chilies is in my cookbook. So that combined with pepperoni to me is the, that's the new classic. I like that. Yeah. You know,
1: there's a, and I'm um, from
2: Texas, so jalapenos.
1: Emmy squared. They do a pizza with a pepperoni, jalapenos and the hot honey.
2: So that's, again, you take something that's like a very simple kind of one note thing with, you know, a cheese pizza with pepperoni. And then you're like, okay, well, how do we make this hit on more flavor spectrums? And like, Mm -hmm. now you're talking fat you're talking acid you have sweet you have heat i discovered places like salamary be lazy and then like uh, the itso they were doing both doing really fantastic pepperoni mm-hmm. and using good products i
0: feel like pepperonis had this kind of renaissance mm-hmm. in the last five years because of itso
1: because of the cupping. Yeah. yeah. And then I there's
2: mean, a- not the cupping and then just his, you know, it's third generation. The pepperoni they, is beef cheek, pork shoulder, and dry spices. You know, there's no mechanically separated chicken, meat, or any funny business in there. It's good quality. It's affordable. It's not like you're not going to break the bank. Like if you were going to get Salomari, lazy Berkshire pork, slow food approved pepperoni. It's wow. made in Ohio. It's made in
0: Ohio. It tastes like Kind of like a pork I mean, that's because they were one of the pioneers. It's very clean. Yeah. 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 Yeah.
1: But they have the cupping and then they have the cupping and char.
2: Yeah. That's the supreme. Yeah. Uh So they have the supreme is the cup and char and Mm -hmm. it has like a, it blackens. And I think that's like a Midwest Ohio thing. The G Antonio, which is the other cupping.
1: Right. That doesn't char.
2: Yeah. Um, I use that one a lot with my clients.
0: What are acceptable toppings for pizza for Anthony Falco? And what is not acceptable?
2: I'm pretty chill when it comes to acceptable. Like, I'm not, I'm not like one of these get bit out of shape about pineapple kind of guys. Right. From a nostalgia perspective, like my favorite thing for a pizza is just like mushrooms, bell peppers and onions. What
0: know? about you, John? Veggie What's your favorite pizza? topping
1: on pizza?
2: I grew up
0: eating Sal's Pizza in Mamaroneck, New York. That's mm-hmm. where I, I grew just up.
2: had a slice there. I stopped because I had never been there.
0: Yeah, I mean, their Sicilian is where it's at nowadays. That's what I had. I had okay, a slice of their good. Sicilian. Still a very respectable, regular slice. But when I go to Sal's, I usually get a slice of Sicilian, the corner. I would specify you want the corner piece there. Extra cheese and meatballs. Meatballs. What oh. they do is, you know, it's homemade meatballs, and they slice the meatballs and then put it on top. That, that to me, is a, a standard. I still love just peppers, like Italian peppers. Um Sometimes I'll combine that with sausage. Mm-hmm. Sometimes I'll do sausage and mushrooms. Mm-hmm. Yeah. pep. So, but I'm not usually a, a huge pepperoni guy. What's your favorite, Andrea?
1: So I am a pepperoni girl, yeah. if you will. But I, when I order, I do pepperoni and ricotta. Sometimes I'll take a piece of the pepperoni and I'll pick up a little piece of the ricotta. And just, uh, I'm
0: willing to put money on the fact that pepperoni is the, the most one. requested topping for pizza Absolutely. in the United States. It's got to be.
2: Probably. And then now as I work internationally a lot, you know, it's very much requested, but it's not It's not always very easy to get. You know, so like in Brazil for bras electrica, we wanted to do a pepperoni pizza. You know, we wanted to do a Supreme. So importing into Brazil is not... Usually an option, especially not from America, just doesn't really happen very much for food products. What we did is we went to a Salamaria, Italian-Brazilian, Italo-Brazilian, which is, you know, the equivalent of Italian-American. It was like an alternate universe of Salamaria Be Lazy. And they were doing everything the old school way, like the number one topping in Brazil. And when you're talking about Brazilian pizza, you're really talking about Sao Paulo because that's where the Italian culture is. They joke about the rest of Brazil because they put ketchup on their pizza. Um, But the Palestanos will never do that. Their number one topping is Calabrese. It kind of cups. It's like the grandfather of pepperoni. I imagine, you know, a game of telephone a hundred years ago is how we got pepperoni from Calabrese, you know, because it looks very simpler. It doesn't have any smoke flavor to it. The chili is a little more prevalent, but not as much. And it's a drier, harder. So it's a hot, dry, spicy sausage. Yes, it's about the same like 38 millimeter size that you would find for like the cupping pepperoni. If you go there, that's their signature pizzas, calibres with onions. And it's like, if you looked at it, just a picture and you glanced, you'd be like, that's cupping pepperoni. But so we went to them. I brought a few, I smuggled a few different pepperonis in my luggage and we cut them and tasted them. We sat around the chefs and then the sausage makers and we sat around and we were like, let's, it's Cades, there's garlic, there's fennel, there's like, you know, peppery. And they were like, okay, I think we got it. And then they came and they made some and then we had another tasting and, and we were like, you know, look, this is the one. And then they make it exclusively for us. And it's our own pepperoni that's Uh, that's the American style pepperoni, which
0: earliest recollection is Andrea's favorite question. Go ahead.
1: Your first, I mean, I was going to say pepperoni Pepperoni memory. Yeah. You know, what is the first,
2: do you like like pepperoni? I I think the first time I ever had pepperoni was on an Adrian's pizza on stone street. They do like the kind of grandma pizza. What
1: did you think your first pepperoni memory?
2: First time I ever ate meat was Peter Luger. What? Wait, 26 <laughs> years old.
1: Wait, What's your you earliest? didn't have meat until you were 26?
2: I never had I never had any meat, eggs, or fish until I was 26 years old. What, it what was, was that right decision? Right before I started to work. Well, because I was about to start to work at Roberta's, and I was bartending. It was a bunch of the dudes who started Roberta's were also bartending there. And is that your
1: first pizza job?
2: That was my first pizza job, yeah. I was one of the first employees. Okay, so you're one of the first employees of Roberta's.
0: Yeah. For
1: people listening, Roberta's is an amazing Neapolitan-style pizza restaurant in Brooklyn. I mean, they're all over so now. Now they're everywhere. They're you can get them in the freezer Chicago, section. Oh, yeah. Yeah. LA.
0: And you were one of the first pizza makers there. That's where you learned kind of as
2: you went, how did that happen? It was a special place and time in the universe. You know, it was like 2007, 2008, you know, the financial crisis happened, Bushwick off the Morgan stop, East Williamsburg, Bushwick, whatever you want to call it. There was nothing in Bushwick at no. that time. It was very industrial. And so this was an old auto body shop, one room, cinder block, single story building, a pizza oven got put in there and everyone was just kind of figuring it out. You know, I started topping pizzas and then I learned to stretch the pizzas out And then I learned how to work the wood oven and then learned how to do the dough and kind of just stayed there for a long time on and off, you know, part time. And then I became a manager and then I quit and then I bought a mobile pizza oven and then I incorporated that into the business. It did a lot of like offsite stuff, out of state stuff brought it to Austin for Fader Fort, South by Southwest. I got my first international pizza making experience with Roberta's when I went to Toronto to do a Roberta's pop-up. And then I went with Carlo to Brazil to do a pop-up there. And that's how I ended up meeting the the Brass guys. It was 2016. The company kind of just went in different directions. And And you
0: became an international pizza (laughs) consultant.
2: But we we had like a pepperoni like ban at Roberta. There was no, it was like, that was not the kind of pizza that was going to be made it. So there was no pepperoni. You
0: weren't doing slices.
2: You weren't doing... No, there was like guanciale. There was Mm soppressata, fresh pork sausage, bulk sausage, where it's just ground pork that you season. There was no pepperoni.
0: Why was that decision made? Was it kind of anti-establishment decision, like everywhere serves... A slice of pepperoni pizza and or is like pepperoni considered kind like of low like brow. That, or something? We're not gonna do
2: that. Well, I mean, originally there was a partner from Italy. He was not Mauro was just not into, you know, I mean he he was like well, these are the we're gonna use more traditional kind of yeah pizza toppings from American producers mostly was so it was really it's kind of in that moment in the two thousands, there was a real kind of like back to regional cooking. You know, you had restaurants in New York doing Roman style. There was like a separation from just like Italian-American red sauce. It was like, look, there's this whole vast, you know, wealth of Italian style cooking. And so, you know, the idea here was like, look, there is Soprasada. There's guanciale. There's these incredible things that you can put on a pizza. And um, let's just do that. Do you like
1: meat? Like not eating meat until you're 26. How do you feel about it now?
2: I like meat. I knew that Roberta's was going to have really good meat because we were working with Heritage Foods, Salamaria, Be Lazy, you know, which is like slow food, approved, incredible. I still try not to eat commodity meat. Like, you know, the idea of like, like the pink chicken that's in the supermarket or the stuff that's shrink-wrapped. I don't eat that. And then what I really love is when I travel, people give me stuff and I eat it. My last consulting job internationally was in Istanbul you know, and so we went to this Turkish style grill restaurant, you know, and it's like, they just bring stuff out and it's like, you just eat it. My last question, in all your world travels, is there any
0: country that does not embrace pizza? I mean, I, not so far. Um, when we met in Japan, you were traveling with a gentleman from Kuwait. Yes. How's How's the pizza going? Is, oh, they, did, love,
2: they love it. It's going well. It's going fantastic.
0: How many places did he end up opening?
2: They just have the one uh, pizza place. It's like pizza and Italian food. I'm after this going to London, Singapore, India. I did consulting for a place in Mongolia over the pandemic where I did all of the consulting via Zoom. They now have three locations in Ulaanbaatar. It's hottest restaurant in Ulaanbaatar by all accounts.
0: That's awesome.
2: I'm going there. Uh, they've you know defi- it's finally opening up, so I'll be going there in the next few months to check in on uh, Hoba Pizza. Nice. You know Mexico obviously like they love pizza. Colombia, I mean uh, Venezuela has ma- produces incredible pizza makers. Uh, the world
1: loves pizza, John.
2: I can't think of any place. You know, I think it's I think it's really I think it's probably the world's. Like most favorite food. The best. Well, this
0: has been amazing. Thank you so much, Anthony. Yeah, it's been great talking to you guys. This episode is sponsored by Ezzo Pepperoni, makers of the amazing cupping pepperoni.
1: All right. So on the line today, we have Darren Ezzo from Ezo Sausage Company in Ohio. Thanks for having me. Can you tell us a little bit about the history of Izo pepperoni? In
3: 1978, my grandfather, John, my uncle Scott, and my father, Bill, purchased a small meat locker on the south end of Columbus during uh, a famous blizzard, the great blizzard of 1978. We started making fresh sausage here for a little grocery store chain called Kroger, selling that to some pizzerias as well. In the early 80s, Domino's approached us to make a dried sausage. At the time, Sausage for pizza, which looks and tastes like pepperoni, was very popular. We still make it. It's called SFP. It's basically pepperoni. You cook it, you freeze it, and you slice it. We've added drying to that, but it's not as dry as as pepperoni. So that's how we first started making it. Early eighties during during like the pizza wars when Domino's was competing against Pizza Hut and Little Caesars. They wanted something little different to stand out from the other chains in the region. Grew out of that business and they kind of grew out of us for a number of reasons and we pivoted towards individual family owned shops instead of the larger chains. So tell me a
1: little bit about what's in pepperoni. What's in your recipe?
3: Pork and beef combination. That's a very common thing. It depends on like the ratios. We like a little a little more even pork to beef ratio, it's, it's, it is predominantly pork. We use predominantly pork shoulders and a little bit of beef fat, ground, whole seasonings, no proprietary blend of seasonings, salt, sometimes a little bit of sugar.
1: And how long whole. are you curing it?
3: Overnight cook and then it could hang in our drying rooms anywhere between six and 21 days.
1: OK, my biggest question in all of this, and I, I think it was probably maybe five years ago, all of a sudden in New York City, at least the Pizzaiolas and, you know, anybody who was making pizza, they wanted cupping pepperoni and they wanted it from EZO. Did your pepperoni always cup or is this something that you developed based on kind of the the trends?
3: No, our pepperonis always cup. That was the first pepperoni that we made that was outside of that Domino's, our classic 51 millimeter pepperoni that is so ubiquitous on pizzas, that flat pepperoni. Mm-hmm. Pepperoni that we like making was, was in a natural casing, a collagen casing. It would curl up because that collagen would shrink as the heat got to it.
1: I also know that there's a cupping and charring pepperoni. That's
3: actually pretty simple. It's a caramelization process, certain ratio of sugars that we we put in there there's sugar in just about every cured meat because you have a lactic acid starter culture it creates that tanginess when you when you eat pepperoni or a salami or Mm -hmm. anything like that and that culture needs carbohydrates
1: these little cups of pepperoni the the fat kind of pools in the center um, and fat is flavor it's a different flavor than you would or mouthfeel that you would anticipate Um, I just think it's so cool, and it's definitely, you know, on trend for for pizza. It's becoming kind of a standard.
3: I actually would argue that it's it's good for you. Like, fats are good for you. Uh, Proteins are good for you. People for a long time were on this, like, low-fat, low-carb, kind of thing but you need a when you eat a slice of pizza i can understand eating a whole pizza by yourself might not be the greatest choice but like having a slice of pizza i would argue is is good for you it has a certain amount of carbs that you you get good fats from cheese a little bit of protein and some salts other fats from the meat on top the way that we do things like you only need for a large pizza maybe two or three ounces of pepperoni on a whole pizza so you're really not like consuming all of this salty meat.
1: We were one of the first distributors, you know, in New York to to carry your products. People, you know, they they come to us because of the quality of the product, because of, you know, how it performs on their pizza.
3: It feels really good when you have the distributor believing in your product and going out there and pushing that. They can see the difference, too. That means that we're doing something right over here.
1: Yeah, we tend to listen to chefs when it comes to you know kind of the up and coming trends and I remember being in the kitchen in our test kitchen in New York I believe it was um, Anthony Falco who said to us you know you need to try this pepperoni and I remember the rep we got samples from you and you know, everyone kind of stood around and we were we were testing the product. We knew it was special. And from that point on, it kind of spread like wildfire. You know, we had all of our distribution centers across the country calling us to say, we need this.
3: I have to credit Christian Petroni, Anthony Falco, and Jared Falco. And they were at Fortina testing our pepperoni on on Fortina's pizza, really the catalyst of like they made their distributor bring it in. And then once we kind of had a foothold, I had the ability to really get product out there and, and show people that it, it will work in in the market. Yeah, I know. think,
1: you know, Christian Petroni is a, a great friend of the Ingredient Insiders. You know, we had the opportunity to talk to, you know, Anthony Falco all about pepperoni and, you know, wanted to talk to you guys. I want to talk a little bit about pizza since you, you mentioned it. What are some of your favorite, you know, pizzas around the country, or is there a spot in Ohio that, you know, is your hands-down favorite?
3: I mean, I grew up a block away from a place called Rubino's. I think it's like a incredibly unique pizza. It's like absolutely like wafer thin. Um, they use sliced cheese. They uh, bake sausage in a loaf and they slice that. So there's like large like square pieces of sausage on the on the pizza. They also have Underground Famous for putting pickles on pizza. But if you come to Ohio, you got to go to Tommy's. You got to go to Massey's You got to go to Adriatico's. They're they're mm-hmm. like our Sicilian pizza. They're the like OG Sicilian pizza guys in in Columbus.
1: Yeah. What about Citizen Around, Pie?
3: Oh my god, Citizen Pie is so good. That's up in Cleveland. Yeah, it's a good one. We have a lot of great pizza we we do mostly that tavern style like cracker thin edge to edge
1: well we really appreciate you taking the time to speak with us darren um the pepperoni is incredible uh there's so many pizzerias that we just said that are using this product so please seek it out try it and uh thank you so much for your partnership thank you Thanks so much for listening to this episode. Like what you hear, write us a review and subscribe today on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. Follow us on Instagram at Ingredient Insiders or Twitter at Where Chefs Talk. All the products we talked about on this episode can be purchased at chefswarehouse.com.